1: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki.
0: I'm Dale Spangler. And this week's guest is Moto America Supersport racer, Sam Lockoff. Moto America is an official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. After record attendance and extremely close racing at Road Atlanta, the Moto America series heads to picturesque Virginia International Raceway. See, hear, and feel 190 mile per hour plus superbikes and five other classes as racers take on one of America's best road courses. Virginia International Raceway will also be the premiere for the 2022 Women of the Royal Enfield Build, Train, and Race Championship. Get your tickets and a camping spot along with info and a complete schedule at motoamerica.com forward slash tickets. And be sure to follow Motoamerica on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook for updates.
1: This week's race recap is AMA Supercross Round 16 from Denver, Colorado. The second of the last round of the series, it served up a challenging track and conditions. It only one of several daytime events that dry Colorado air combined with high winds led to a hard, packed, dusty, and slippery track, just a really tough condition event. For me, the takeaway, Eli Tomac takes his championship is two-time. 450 Supercross title holder now. And Star Racing went into that event staring down two championships with Kristen Craig in the 250 West Class. But uh, his uh, title will have to be put off for another week. We'll see how that rolls out.
0: Hard pack conditions definitely, to me, made it a Jason Anderson track. Him being a, a native of New Mexico, I think he grew up in those you know hard pack, slick conditions. And he just seems like he was on a, just a different level than everybody else, being able to put his bike exactly where he wanted to taking his third main event win in a row. But yeah, the story is Eli Tomac doing what he had to do, finish his fifth in the main event to wrap up his second Supercross title, first for Yamaha, and I can't even remember how long it's been. One of the big takeaways, though, is E.T. revealed after the race that he had an injured knee, something that he was hiding since Atlanta Supercross, which is not really a surprise to me because after watching that race, When I saw that happen in his heat race, I was like, man, it looked like he twisted his knee. Come to find out, he did. Whether or not Eli will line up for the 50th anniversary of the Pro Motocross Series with his knee injury certainly calls into question whether or not he'll line up. But again, such an awesome season for him. Great to see him wrap up his second Supercross 450 title.
1: Notable for me was Malcolm Stewart finishing P2 on the day best finish in 450 Supercross, so hats off to Malcolm on that uh, number 27 Husqvarna. In 250 West action, Hunter Lawrence rode a steady race, stayed in front of everybody, beats Christian Craig who finished P3 on the day. Now they go into the final event, 18 points separate the two. So we're gonna be watching that final event coming up in Salt Lake City.
0: In this week's industry spotlight, with May the traditional start of the riding season for many, and with May also Motorcycle Safety Awareness Month, the Motorcycle Safety Foundation would like to remind drivers to actively look out for motorcyclists, and for riders taking their bikes out of winter hibernation to be sure to do a thorough pre-ride inspection. After two years of strong motorcycle and scooter sales, continued demand for rider training, and with higher gas prices, more riders are likely to be on the roads this spring and summer. As a result, the Motorcycle Safety Foundation is doubling down on getting the word out that it's the responsibility of all road users to look out for one another. That means following the road rules, wearing safety gear, and using smart street riding strategies. For more motorcycle safety resources, visit the Motorcycle Safety Foundation at msf-usa.org.
1: Welcome to Pit Pass Moto Today, Sam Lockhoff. He is number 44 on the Team Vision Wheel M4 X-Star Suzuki. Before we get too far along, happy birthday coming up this week, and uh, welcome to the show, man.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm just currently just sitting with my friend Toby. He's also a racer, so um, he's in the background.
1: Congrats on the podiums at round one in Atlanta going 2-2. That was awesome. Great to see and uh, leap forward from last year. I know you won a round last year, but uh, man coming on strong to start the season. Talk us through how Atlanta went for you.
2: Yeah, we definitely came out swinging. Um, so I was on the 750, the Jigsa 750, built by Vision Wheel M4X or Suzuki. And we had no previous data on the bike just because uh, we only got it built the Wednesday before, the like um, the Wednesday, the week before the race. So honestly, a little nervous going into the weekend because we were starting off with brand new electronics. And, um, and the first session out, we kind of struggled a little bit just because of the throttle i'd be giving i'd be giving it an input a certain input but the bike would be coming back with a different input it just made it kind of unpredictable throughout like the weekend every session we kind of just started fixing some small problems the teamwork real well to uh get the bike pretty much dialed in before the first race coming home with a pair of seconds on the first time on the bike is honestly way better than i was expecting so yeah i'm excited for the rest of the season
1: yeah, no doubt you've got a strong team behind you. I mean, what's it like you've got Keith Perry, Chris Ulrich on Team Hammer just got your back the entire time? Is that, I, I got to ask a young racer like yourself, does that actually put pressure on you or does that actually relieve pressure for you as a racer?
2: Everyone on the team, whether or not they're working or a bike, they all have some type of impact on me. Everyone kind of just helps, but honestly, it doesn't put too much pressure. Chris is always around, so is John, so... There's always that, that certain amount of, cave, okay, I mean, we're on probably the best team on the, the 600. It's factory Suzuki. So, I mean, I kind of have to perform. But um, as individuals, they don't necessarily put too much pressure on me, which I really like. So, yeah, I'm just always glad to be, be around them. So
0: I read somewhere, Sam, where before the start of the 2021 season, you said that signing with the Vision Wheel M4 X-Star Suzuki team was kind of a prove-it year for you. Obviously, you finished third last year in the Supersport final standings. You had 14 top five finishes, six podiums, got a win. Do you feel like you proved what you're capable of? And, and obviously, coming into to 2022, it seems like you, you know, have more in the tank coming into this year. Well, what, what are your goals for, for this season?
2: Definitely, to honestly, just I'm going to do my best to win the championship. I got some pretty tough competition this year. But from the first race, Alanza being one of my weaker tracks, I definitely feel like I have a chance just because, you know, I'm training pretty much every day and, you know, just, just always working towards it. I always have goals set, but like, I don't really tell anyone, but I never really for a weekend, like say, okay, I have to win this race. Cause then kind of psych myself out. So I just go and I just say, I just got to ride, just do what I'm capable of.
0: So after last season, you, you kind of building that momentum coming into the end of the season, were you able to, Do you feel like you are able to carry that over into the off-season, have a good training? Man, I think I saw too where you you recently had a move too, where I think you might have moved from either Florida or somewhere back east to California. How was your off-season, you know, run up to the start of this season?
2: Yeah, it was good. Um, Last year, I was living up uh, in New York for the whole season, and um, I then went home to Florida because my family migrated there from South Africa about three, four years ago. So I spent about a month in Florida, and then... Um, I was looking, I'm speaking to Jake Zemke. He's my manager. And uh, he was saying Temecula is a pretty good place in California. It's kind of centralized around moto training, close to Chakwala, close to Barton Willow. Like you also mentioned earlier uh, about the momentum, I definitely felt like I had momentum going into the last race because I just came off of a win and I've been slowly progressing and getting closer to the front until I was the front. So when I got to Barber, it was kind of raining. I mean, it was. It was downpouring, actually. It wasn't kind of raining. That was good. I finished, uh, I think, fourth and then third. I can't remember if it was fourth, but I, I know I did finish third in one of the races. And then there was quite a long gap between the end of the season and the beginning of the season. And um, I stayed racing. And the momentum kind of started dying down, like just for me, just because like I, I didn't race. So I was like... Damn, I still quick, like all that stuff. Because I don't know, I, I've only been racing for six years. So I'm always doubting myself. I think I've got to stop doing that. And Jake's also helped me through all that stuff just because like I'm racing against guys that have been racing for like five, six times longer than me. After the first race, I'm definitely going to start giving myself more credits for what I'm capable of. And I'm going to start, uh, definitely I'm going to start getting quite a few more wins this year.
1: After that, Wet and Wild Barber event. I know you did some uh, endurance racing at, and you did it solo. I thought that was kind of interesting when you went to the ASRA Team Challenge at Daytona, which is always yeah. a cool event. and uh, And it turned out really well for you. You had a great day and uh, and won that. Do you see yourself doing any more uh, endurance type racing?
2: You know, I was actually speaking to some of the guys from Suzuki and the guy that looks over my data. His name's Remy. He uh he actually used to be the in the team for World Endurance. He was the data guy for that. So speaking to him just throwing it out there like maybe but i can't imagine riding at nighttime like it must just be like feels so weird so tunnel visioned and if you like look up it's i haven't even been to a stadium where there's lights so i guess like i mean it's pretty bright but i've just got a feeling if you look in the distance it's kind of dark so maybe no endurance racing for me for now yeah definitely in the future i want to try it and daytona was really good um i think it was a CCS race those were really good we won the race by like i think 16 17 seconds so Pretty good pit stops. And then we actually went to the actual Daytona 200 that Motor America hosted this year. And unfortunately, we, we struggled with our pit stops. And um, after my first pit stop, I was, I think I was in seventh place just catching the lead group. I was maybe a second off of them. Came in for the pit stop and I dropped down uh, three laps, put in last position. And then I worked my way back up to 18th or 19th. So honestly, for, for what happened, I didn't do too bad. But definitely next year we're gonna we're gonna go for we're gonna go for the win.
1: So watching you compete and and including Daytona, which I thought you did really well at. I mean, despite those problems, those are those are things that are kind of out of a rider's control. But you know, you keep your head. And when we talked to you last time, we talked about things you had done when you were younger, go kart racing, and I kind of asked how that transferred over. But I guess my main question is. For you, you show a lot of racing maturity for somebody who started racing, kind of racing motorcycles anyway at a later age. What things influenced you to become so level-headed on the racetrack that uh, that you ride? It seems like beyond your years.
2: That's a really tough question. I've never been asked something similar to that, so it's gonna have to take me a while to think about it. But I think in the short answer is just like nothing really comes from throwing a fit on the racetrack because. Honestly, like even last weekend or the weekend of Atlanta, I could have just been like, no, guys, this bike isn't rideable. I don't want to help work on it. Put me back on the 600. But I kind of stuck through stuck through, and um, was like, yeah, I mean, this bike right now is unrideable, but we have two more sessions to get it there. After the second session, I saw the team's progress that they made on the bike after I came in to tell them like what was wrong. And there was a bunch of things Jeremy said to me. Like you gave me a million things that was wrong with the bike, and only half a million were wrong. So at least I, at least I got a little bit done there. So um, I just keep a level-headed uh, mind, and nothing like good comes out of just like throwing a fit, making everyone upset. And uh, I feel like if everyone's in a good mood as well, they they're just gonna want to work harder and definitely smarter. So keeping the head straight is definitely key.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about that, you know, kind of keeping level-headed, like work-life balance, you know, like I feel like as a racer, you know, sometimes it's pretty easy to go through periods where you can get burned out. And you know, what is it that you do to keep yourself relaxed and, and you know, do outside of riding a motorcycle? I think I saw where you, you know, you're into rock climbing and I think fishing and, and probably even surfing. Um, are those things that you do to kind of keep yourself level-headed like that and just, you know, relax and and keep your mind off, off of the, the pressure of racing?
2: I am really into rock climbing. I love it. If I had to do another sport, it would definitely be that. But unfortunately, I can't rock climb quite as often anymore just because no one really knows what causes arm pump or what like increases the chances of you getting it. But since rock climbing gives you arm pump and it's a different kind of arm pump arm pump to racing, a couple of people have suggested, including Jake, he's like, maybe we, sh- we should try not rock climb for a bit and see if it helps with arm pump just because i got a pretty bad in atlanta i don't surf i used to when i was younger i've I've heard the water's pretty cold here and also i don't have any good luck when i get in the water i always get stung with something so staying out of the water for a bit definitely love rock climbing i train with joe Cancellari. he's in newport beach so i live in temecula it's like an hour and 15 minute drive every time i go see him just to work out that you know, on the drive there, listen to some good music. Got a decent uh, audio system in my truck, so playing that loud on the highway, jamming out.
0: I have another kind of interesting question. Like, I've noticed this in Moto America. Like, what is it? About, why are there so many fast road racers coming out of South Africa? And then the second part of that is like, I kind of have this idea that like, to me, Moto America just seems like such a good feeder series for the World Stage. Is that part of it, or like, what what is it about uh, South African road racers coming to the Moto America series?
2: Honestly, since I started racing so late, like Matthew Schultz, Cam Peterson, Steven Udendahl, Brad Binder, all of them have were already out of South Africa once I started racing. So I never really got to meet them back there. Honestly, the South African Championship for motorcycle racing mm. was decent when I was doing it. This was about four or five years ago. But I've heard from friends back home that there's maybe like 10 bikes in the whole series, like 1,600, 300s. So... The racing's kind of died quite a bit just because there's not that much money in South Africa. And uh, as we know, racing's an ex- expensive sport, but there's also no no future. Like if racing wasn't a thing, just like the college there isn't the best. And uh, to get a job is pretty hard just because of some, some weird laws that if you want to search of you guys can, but to get a job is pretty hard in South Africa. And uh, just, honestly, just making money and the future itself there is just, Kind of just because the country is kind of going downhill pretty quickly over the last couple of years. I feel like everyone just kind of... Because with me, I didn't move to America for racing. My family just migrated. We migrated, and then I started racing here just because I was in America. So I feel like that might be what other South Africans are doing just because America's got a lot of opportunities. It's a great place. Um, Definitely a very big country. I was very shocked because South Africa is probably like 20 hours drive left to right. And, uh, America's like 50, so definitely a shock when I came here, but definitely more opportunities as well. And, um, you know, always glad to be here.
1: So with those opportunities, we got to nail you down on this one. Cause you did say that Atlanta was your, one of your weaker tracks. So one of my favorite questions I like to ask young racers is what's your favorite track on the MA schedule? There's a lot of new ones they've added over the last two seasons. And then in racing, uh, got a lot of guys followed you up from uh, twins and, or excuse me, junior cup and into super sport. Who's the toughest competitor for you on the track? Who's that one guy racer that you line up against that? You just, you know, you're always, I guess, getting into it with, I guess.
2: From the junior cup, definitely Rocco. Cause he's, he's been the closest to the front. Um, but right now it's, gonna be Josh Heron for the whole season because there's a few riders that are really strong in the beginning of the race, but they fade off within the first couple of laps. Josh, from what I've seen, I've only raced against him in two races. Um never really got a ride and pass pass him, but he uh yeah, he's very strong and um gonna just have to keep working, honestly. Just keep developing the bike. And I feel like once once the Z M fifty is built I, we, we should be good. Yeah, we should be battling for some wins.
1: And your favorite track of the season? Favorite track,
2: I really like the Ridge. Before I went to the, like, so I tested at the Ridge, and I was like, this is definitely my favorite track. I went back there for the race, and it was like 150 degrees on the track. Then it became one of my worst tracks. But <laughs> if the weather is half decent, not too hot, um, definitely. I, I really like the Ridge. It was really smooth because they just resurfaced it. So, and the layout is very flowing. There's quite a few hard braking zones, a lot of blind corners. So, I do like the Ridge. I like Pittsburgh. It's very physical, but... um I think if I had to go between tracks, it would either be Pittsburgh or the Ridge, and then always New Jersey, just because I've got a race win there. New Jersey will always have a place in my heart.
1: Awesome, and we look forward to seeing you chasing Josh on that Ducati as the season goes on. Definitely, he's a tough guy, and he's a fast guy, so you got your work cut out for you, but I think you're up for it, man. We're we're looking forward to it. So these uh, last few moments, Sam, if you'd... uh, like to give shout outs to any sponsors or anybody in your program that are helping you and uh, where we can find you on social media
2: first off keeping me fit and healthy is fresh and lean a shock is just always keeping me energized with the caffeine and uh i'm riding for m4 vision wheel it's different this year vision wheel m4x suzuki so i want to thank them give all of them a shout out definitely vision Wheel. they've uh, helped help this year quite a bit uh, also ride for ri helmets and then one of the guys that designed my helmets is sl graphics the main main ones are fresh and lean and a energy they 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 help me so much just keeping my body be able to train hard so yeah i want to thank them
1: awesome and best of luck this season sam we look forward to watching you race this year
2: thank you i hope i can be back on your podcast sometime in the future
1: Thanks again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our blog and our brand new store where you can get your Pit Pass swag.
0: This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, producer Leah Longbrick, and audio engineer Eric Now, I'm Dale Spangler.
1: And I'm Dave Silecki. See you next week on Pit Pass Moto.
3: Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos!